Welcome back to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our watch club for Marvel's Hawkeye. Hey, look, that one's you. No, that's Katniss Everdeen. Let's go. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Hawkeye, episode two, titled Hide and Seek. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and the MCU in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode, then make sure you go watch it, and then come right back to join us faster than a speeding arrow. Now, before our apartment is burned down by a bunch of bros in tracksuits, uh, let me introduce you to all the wonderful LARPers joining us today. First up, he's a straight shooter whose aim with a camera is right on target. He's Justin Lawrence. Malige. Malige. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and joining uh, him, we have, well, listen, he takes no bullseyes from nobody. Uh, and he's always ready to let loose. He's the king of Christmas, Kevin the Hawkman Hudson. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, that was lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> I try to understand the reference. Santa. Is that another? Oh, ho, ho, but oh it was... okay. Hi, hi. All right. Well, we're just going to move on here. Uh, <laughs> because joining us uh, for this episode, you know, through the New York snow and the dank, dank fog, he's our very own pizza dog. He's Darcy from the comics, Hudson. I like that. I'll take yeah. that as, the, uh, as a little name. That's the name, bro. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. And I'm also glad you mentioned Pizza Dog. I, he's probably the thing I've been looking most forward to out of the series. And oh, sweet. To hear I'm his down. name uttered this episode is great. Right? We got it. We finally got the name officially. Uh, still no still no sound of, of Lucky yet. No sign of Lucky, but hope maybe we'll, we'll get that name again. Um, for our listeners who are maybe not familiar with you yet, uh, our lovely guest host, Darcy, would you mind letting the geeks know who you are and maybe your familiarity with Hawkeye and Kate Bishop and Pizza Dog? Uh, yeah, well, um, I'm Kev's younger brother, Darcy. Uh, I kind of took Kevin's love of, you know, the pop culture fandom and went way harder. So I love all the <laughs> comics and stuff that uh, all these shows and movies are coming from. Yeah. Um, and so I, when I heard that Matt Fraction's run of Hawkeye, uh, also known as the saga of uh, Bishop and Barton, was being made uh, heavily influencing the show, I was totally on board and really excited to see it. And I've I'm enjoying the first two episodes, so I can't really can't wait to talk about it more with you guys. Very cool. Now, I I personally have gotten so many recommendations to read the Matt Fraction comics. That's what everyone's saying. If you want to read Hawkeye, like that's the one to go to. It's it's the best yeah. one. It's most recent, and it 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 really defines the character more than he's ever had being a side character in all these other series. So it was really 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 worth it to read that series. I think Justin's reading it now too. Very cool. And you do you find that the the show, at least so far, is pulling from that and, comic pretty accurately? Well, for sure. The fact that yeah. one of the main antagonists or group of antagonists we've seen so far is the tracksuit mafia is straight from the comics, although in the comics they're known as uh, the tracksuit Draculas. Okay. Uh, so I understand they avoided that because they don't want to be throwing too many, you know, loose ends out there. Vampires, oh. people will be jumping to Blade immediately. Oh! Well, no, there's already enough reason to do that with the characters, like because sure. it dives into their like it. Yeah, that series really has uh, you know both Bar- uh, 
Barton's backstory and Bishop. So it really defines her character as well. So very definitely cool. a very go-to uh, series if you want to know more about these characters. Now, Darcy, very I got to cool. jump in and ask really quickly. In the comics, do they say bro a lot? Is that in like every speech? Oh, they are. Yeah, that is okay. very life, to, like, <laughs> true to life. They are just a bunch of incompetent thugsters who are like, they're they're just dumb, and it's it's perfect to see them brought to the life so like true true to form basically. I think the the biggest standout from the comics, even in these two episodes, is is tonally just the vibe, right? Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, we we reference street level, and there's just such a you know kind of breaking down that superhero structure in this comic book that just feels more like a Sin City parody with, you know, with a Hawkeye character. So it's much different from even just the conventional comic book. So right off the bat, comparing it to first two episodes, it, it feels like it's capturing more the the tone and vibe that, mm-hmm. the, that the comic has. I, I, obviously, the direction that it might go will be probably different, but it'll definitely be very inspired. Well, I think like, this episode really drove home the point, too, is that people... People have a reason to look up to Hawkeye because he is the one alongside Black Widow, although she had, you know, Red Room programming. Hawkeye is, as far as we know, just a really skilled archer. He put all his effort into training and became this, a normal guy became a hero. So he's idolized by everybody. So I think it's really neat to watch that, you know, relationship between the two of them. And then even outside of Bishop and Barton in the show, they're doing a really good job of painting where Hawkeye stands in the overall picture of superheroes. Yeah, interesting. And I mean, we're we're kind of seeing it dive into uh, his psyche. But let's let just you know, just like the series dives into Hawkeye's psyche, let's dive into this episode. Uh, so the episode starts off, kind of picks up right where we left off, seeing Clint discover Kate in the Ronin suit, uh, and the two head back to her apartment where Clint asks for the suit back. And then we see them get ambushed by the tracksuit mafia as they throw Molotov cocktails at them. Uh, we see the two team up and uh, and then escape along with Pizza Dog. Uh, and Clint says he'll come back for the suit later. They head to a convenience store to pick up some, and I'm using air quotes here, Avengers supplies. Uh, and then they break into Kate's aunt's apartment where Kate stays back to tend to her wounds. And then Clint heads back out to recover the Ronin suit. So, guys, this is kind of our first, you know, first few real scenes seeing Kate and Clint interact. Let's start off by talking about the chemistry between these two characters. Uh, well, like I said earlier on, I think the relationship between these two is brought straight from the pages of the comic because the banter between them that we're already getting like hints of. We can see once she's getting over her starstruckness, she's trying to now prove herself to her idol. And I, I love the direction that their their bond is going. And I can't wait to see it develop further, uh, both in the episode and in the series. Yeah, I think, you know, I was hinting at it in the episode one re- Watch Club recap where it was we were talking about how it seems like Kate's been sort of looking for this moment to be a hero. You know, she's finding that trouble, you know, and she's very right. in, wants to get deeper into it. Like, are we, are we going to get, you know, Avengers supplies? We're going to yeah, Avengers she's Towers. Such a fan. Like, she's such a fan. And, <laughs> and, and I think it's so it's so interesting that she's looking for it. Whereas obviously Clint or Hawkeye is just he doesn't want anything to do with it. He just wants to get rid of it. Like he just wants to get out of it and just get back to his family and, you know, s- sort of deal it. And we kind of see these hints as we go through the episode where Kate's just like trying to unravel a mystery. Yeah, I think as soon as we heard that Haley Steinfeld had been cast in the role, we were excited to see what kind of dynamic she would have with Jeremy Renner. And this scene proved, at least for most of us, that we were right about that kind of chemistry that they were going to have. And it's just such a fun dynamic to have Kate with her youthful exuberance, and she's just starting her path into the world of being a, a hero. Whereas, you know, especially in the last episode, we, we see just how beat down Clint is from the years and years of, of pain and suffering. And so that 
in and of itself lends to this awesome sort of dynamic between the two characters that's going to be really fun to explore as we go forward. I think one of my favorite moments between the two of them right off the bat here is <clears throat> when he's like, he's like, what are you, 18? She's like, I'm 22. He's like, yeah, same thing. I was just like, it's so well-timed. And yeah, their dialogue here is just so well done. And I think that line really speaks to sort of their dynamic right away. Like, you know, he, he like you're saying, he doesn't really want to be there. But at the same time, he kind of does. You can tell that he's still a dad no matter what. And, and he, he kind of still wants to take care of her. And then I, I will say my one thing about this scene, this is our first instance of seeing them team up in an actual confrontation. And we get almost nothing, right? We get a really cool Hawkeye moment where Clint smashes through the window, catches the Molotov, and throws it back at them. Right. And then a few seconds later, we see Kate's skill as she shoots through the window right past Clint and, and nails the Molotov in the other guy's hand. Um, but then that's it. We don't get to see them really team up and do anything. And they really prolong that throughout this whole episode where they, they tease us with moments where we might get some action and excitement and we never quite do. They're really, they're really making us wait for that team up aspect. Right. I think that I honestly think the scene that has already been previewed and a lot of people have already seen of them in the car, I think is going to be that very first moments. We may have, we may have already gotten it, but I, yeah, I do love sort of just seeing how bold she is, seeing how cocky she is, just shoot right past him. The moment she's like, told you, like, I was just like, that is awesome. And it just speaks so much to her character. She's still young and she's still figuring out her way. And, and also just to kind of go back to something that you said, Nate, where, you know, Clint seems to be kind of adopting this sort of father figure with her. You know, you, you get that moment maybe when he's tending to her wounds, but for the most part, he has he wants nothing to do with her. He doesn't want to get her in any sort of danger. He's trying to like let go of her as quickly as possible. Like even as we get towards the end and we realize what happens, like, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with her. He's trying to get her out of this situation. Maybe that can be perceived as like a father figure sort of mentality, I I but I think he's trying to protect her, right? And I think, of course, I think, that's, that's I, but the I, I think of, part of him, him, I do think part of him kind of wishes it was his own daughter sort of going on these adventures, but he understands that he also wants to keep her I safe. Don't, I don't think that. I, I like, don't know. Yeah. I think as the series goes on, I think we'll. What I was going to say is like one of the main differences between the comic or the series and this is uh, Hawkeye's reasoning to partner up with uh, Kate Bishop. Whereas in the comics, he's defending a building that is being threatened by the tracksuit mafia. He's now protecting Kate from the same thing. So I'm wondering if Kate is the surrogate building and his forced uh, relationship with her is going to be a result of him trying to keep digging her out of the mess that she's getting herself into right. trying to help him. Like, yeah. I feel like it's going to be a whole like vicious cycle thing that will yeah. then spiral out to the happy ending we all want to see. But I think the that relationship is going to definitely evolve into something more mentor-disciple mentor thing. Well, and I also don't know if it's so much that, you know, we see Clint trying to protect Kate and want to keep her out of danger in this episode so much as he just doesn't want to be involved in this crap. And yeah. she's pulled him in and he's exactly. like man i just want to get home for christmas yeah, exactly. and, and yeah. you know she's causing all this trouble and he's got to go out and and save this person he doesn't even know so he's clearly I agree. annoyed yeah, i agree yeah i was just gonna say he seems to be saving them from his own past though because he knows yes. what past is associated with that suit because he even went through the lengths later on in the episode to get it back from someone else so like it's he cares about who the suit is going to affect i think more than anything else. absolutely it's a good call now, I, I don't think that we're getting any sort of um, 
Mephisto vibes, but I do want to shout out another thing that I, a little line that I caught, you know, we, we get to see that moment with them in the convenience store. And I love how you see how she's so underwhelmed by Clint at this point, where it really speaks to the first episode's title of never meet your heroes. And she's just kind of like, this is so disappointing. But I caught an interesting line there. You know, we see Kate kind of ask about Avengers Tower. And Clint has a really casual throwaway line of no, Tony sold that place years ago. And I know we saw that in in homecoming but uh i want to know i'm throwing this out to you guys who bought it oscorp oscorp that, that or or i'm thinking king it could be king. king that's what a lot of he's gonna be the overarching villain yeah. for his next phase it's it, it makes sense to be him especially the fact that Fine. we saw that one, more a, a tower in the void <laughs> as well in loki so yeah i also think though that if if kang does become a big baddie i think it's the young avengers that will have to take him down with their younger version of himself but then only to realize that they need to actually ensure his existence so that they can go on to save the world in some other way like it's the young avengers is one of the most convoluted storylines ever and i love it for that reason wow I yeah. mean, I know you guys are just talking about stuff that happened in the comics, but it sounds like you're writing the next phase of the MCU. <laughs> Kevin Feige, not not the Kevin here. Kevin Feige, <laughs> listen to this uh, episode and, and you'll see. Um, so, you know, then we get to see Clint sort of play uh, detective firefighter as he explores the now burnt down apartment. Uh, he's unsuccessful in finding the suit, but he notices a sticker for the New York LARPers on the side of uh, of a fire truck, and he heads back to Kate's apartment where she's, you know, kind of wrapping up conversation with her mom uh, and helps dress her wounds properly. And again, this is kind of what we were talking about, where we do start to see that father figure really start to mentor. play out, right? He's like, yeah, that mentor, he's like, you're doing it all wrong. Like, <laughs> like and he fixes it for her. I just, I thought that was so sweet. Um, and then upon further investigation, Clint discovers the suit was taken by Grills, the firefighter. Uh, so after sending his kids back home, he walks Kate to her mom's work and reluctantly gives her uh, his phone number. And then he goes to track down Grills and inadvertently ends up LARPing with the city's finest law enforcers and firefighters. Uh, and he ends up recovering the suit, but only after he lets Grills win. So, guys, this is the second time we've seen LARPing in the MCU. Uh, <laughs> do you think, you know, what do you think of this sort of not-so-epic battle sequence in slow motion? Uh, and what do you think of the character of Grills showing up? I appreciate the fact that they tried to do sort of a, a tragic um, irony with the whole situation that he's yeah. dueling to get his costume back. Even sure. at one point he says, and I fought Thanos and now he's here, you know, with a rubber sword. I think it was a little longer than it needed. Yes. To be. Yes. Mm -hmm. It I was agree. way too long, especially because he wasn't into it. It'd be better if he was going around like fully and trying he started, to like slay. really liking it. <laughs> Yeah, but no, he I was just kind of liked it in the halfway point. I would have yeah, probably liked that more if he was like really into it. Like he's like perched and he was like coming down on people. And <laughs> yeah, like, like doing flips yeah, and people right. are like, who is this yeah, guy? That would have been, cool. I mean? that been like, cool. They just didn't know who it's he was. And it would lead up to that grills one-on-one -on -one combat to yeah. the death even more because yeah. then he'd be this badass who just slayed his way through the the. Uh, like field. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a huge shout out though to the guy who was doing the sword sound effects. I when loved they it. Did the shing, shing, shing. and then he does the long one because it's like they're. <laughs> like it's so like I, that would be me. I would be doing that. Yeah, it's so I, good. I 100 thought it was you. So <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Um, but you know, I think it's it's interesting uh, getting to to see. I think kind of how. We talked about in our last episode sort of how the world is being affected by seeing these heroes. And, you know, there's a really interesting moment with uh, with Grills where I think he says something like, like, please, man, like, 
you're a real superhero. This is the closest I'm ever going to get. And to me, like, we're talking about a firefighter here, right? Like, that's realistically, or or a policeman potentially. Like, he's he he is a real hero. I think uh, when you think about it, like, when you, in their universe, they've had aliens attack, hulks go on the rampage, you know, right. shit goes down in their universe. Where, like, first responders are powerless. Like, sure. only true here, like, superheroes true, can stand yeah. up true, to threats true, like that. True. So that's, yeah. I think that's where he's coming from. Is like, okay. they're, they're no longer heroes that people look Validated. up to. Validated. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because we look up to, like, people look up to that in our world, no problem. Because they are sure. the true hero and stuff like that. But when you, yeah. when you go to these superhero threats... The first responders aren't going to cut it anymore. And I think that yeah. was what they're trying to look at. Is okay. that they've, Interesting. They need this escape now to, to get back that like, the power of being a hero or the feeling of helping mm. someone. And that's why he LARPs. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a really good call out. I also think, though, maybe that desire to want to be a hero extends from this idea of, you know, we were talking about it before. Like there's a there's this uh, celebrityism or yeah. this, this sort yeah. of yeah. glamour that, that people think is of being recognized as a hero. But, you know, we have Clint Barton who we see that you know, as a human, he's very weathered from his ex- yeah. from his experience as being a hero uh, to the point where, you know, when he's walking Kate to work, you know, they do this awesome little montage to just highlight all the different moments that have affected him to the point of losing his hearing. So I thought I just love right. that they're really highlighting the core of Clint's heroism being connected to being human. So I, I really love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I, again, I think it just speaks to really what they're trying to hit home with with his character specifically. Um, getting back to Grills really quick. I mean, Darcy, you read the comics. Uh, for those who haven't, is who's Grills? Because I, I they said his name. He's got to be important, right? Well, so in the comics, like I said, he's uh, Hawkeye's protecting an apartment building, trying to be taken down by a local gang. Yeah. Uh, and one of the neighbors he makes a connection with uh, is a guy who's always barbecuing up on the rooftop. So his nickname is Grills. Grills yeah. Okay. And Throughout the series, uh, he, he meets an unfortunate end at the hands of an assassin hired by the tracksuit mafia to try and uh, taunt Barton into giving up or you know coming out or falling for one of their traps type thing. So hearing his name made me very worried for his future. But again, given that it's not so much the building he's protecting, I'm hoping that it's more just a, a cheeky nod towards that character. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's... I think, honestly... I. I'm hoping that the show maybe does dive a little bit more into having some of the characters of New York. And I would love to sort of see if, if Grills comes back, even just if it's for a, a little funny scene where all the LARPers attack one specific character or, or something like that. Um, I think that would be a, a lot of fun. And uh, But you're right there. You know, I did a bit of digging myself and, and Kazi the Clown, yeah, which we've we've seen. Uh, in the episode one, he's actually he he pulls his mask off yep. and he looks at at Kate across the street. Um, and I think we even hear him near the near the end of this episode, which we'll we'll kind of get into. But um, yeah, that's that's ultimately who ends up taking taking down girls, unfortunately. So we'll see if it plays out the same way. Uh, but listen, as Clint is larping it up, we we see tension mount yet again between Kate and Jack uh, in her mom's office. Then again at dinner. Um, and then again over a friendly or not so friendly fencing match uh, where Kate insists that Jack is lying and he has something up his sleeves. Uh, and this is where we get kind of our, our next really big reveal. Uh, that's right. Jack offers Kate an Armand original butterscotch candy. Um, so this pretty much confirms, Kevin, that Jack is the murderer, right? Well, I don't know. It's 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 like when your grandparents pull out a, a two-year-old Werther's original from their pocket, <laughs> and you're like, no, thank you. Um, right. 
<laughs> like he's had it so long because he's visited his uncle before, so it's just been in there yeah, for a little yeah. time. But, um, I love it. But uh, no, this was just another instance for me where it just it's too on the nose that Jack yeah. is completely responsible. You know, I just I can't buy into this hype that he's this evil mastermind or he's up to no good when he's being so obvious. He's got he's got ulterior motives going on here. The way he's taunting Kate. For sure. Yeah, and I liked how you referenced taunting because his reaction when he offered the, mm-hmm. the, the candy, how he didn't do anything, she saw that she was getting antsy, she left, he just casually sits down and is like, I don't know what got into her, puts the candy then, in his mouth. He knows. He knows. Glowing smile. Like, yeah, yeah, he know he uh, <laughs> to me though, I think that was a big reveal that either one of two things, he's aware that she was there at the house in episode one. Right. Or with that, maybe he's aware that that she was the Ronin. Right, because he saw her like face to face in the Ronin's costume. She saved them, right? From right. Yeah. So like he knows that's her. Also, again, going to be referencing the comics because uh, Jack Duquesne is a massive figure in uh, in Barton's life. He was the mentor who brought him into the carnival and taught him the way of the blade. Whereas another mm. guy taught him how to use a bow and arrow, and it was those two mentors whose fight basically led him towards the eventual path he took in joining the Avengers in the comics. So uh, seeing Jack Duquesne with the sword reinforced my thought that he immediately knew who uh, Barton's Ronin is because he is connected to the underworld in some way and would have heard of this sword-wielding badass. Um, and I think he's almost going to be trying to use Kate as a way to get to Barton because if if I'm hoping that there is some connection between the two of them because that is, again, is pivotal in... Clint's character and uh, his turn is the eventual betrayal of his mentor being swordsman, beating him and, only, and leaving him to die, essentially. Uh, so I, I think it's, again, his character is is more than just the creepy stepfather figure for sure. Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, you get you definitely get those vibes right off the bat. I do think that they, like to Kevin's point, they are leaning pretty heavy into it. He's just shady. He might as well just be you know, spinning his mustache every time he talks. So it's, you know, just <laughs> right. twirling. Which I think he corner. literally does at one point. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and another thing too is Kate's parents in the comics are also both not very good people in the right. end. Like in the comics, it's her mom who dies, but it ends out, she turns out she didn't die. She's just been hiding all these years and working for oh. the Kingpin and stuff like that. And then her dad also straight up villain dude. So like the fact that, her parent, her mom, also seems sketch as hell to me. So I wouldn't be surprised if she has a hand in killing Armand. I mean, they were arguing just before. Oh yeah, he turned up dead. And she so, passively, like, I, she passively just rubs that off. I don't even know what that yeah. was about. Like just, yeah. you know, let's go back to the party kind of thing, right? So and it, she called Kate before the cops did. So how did she know about the apartment being set on fire and stuff like that? Unless mm. so- someone below her told her about it. That's what I was thinking, like, man. I'm thinking she's behind the tracksuit mafia in the series. That's personally my opinion. I, okay. I, I think that there's a lot to support that because uh, there's one part where you hear one of the, the characters say, we have eyes everywhere. Well, whose eyes would be better to have than a security company? Than a security can, company, mm-hmm. right. I can yeah. actually tap into those things. Yeah, wow. she's 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 running that mafia probably, or she's working with them. Well, you guys are hitting these theories hard, and I love it. I mean, I was going to come towards this scene with a bit of a nitpick because it was just, for me, another instance where there's an opportunity to show us something, and they really didn't give us as much as I was looking for here. You know, Kate and Jack square off. He lets her win three times in a row and then simply knocks the sword out of her hand, and she goes, see, he's a master swordsman. And it was like, well, he didn't really demonstrate that at all, you know? That was that just felt a little underwhelming. 
Right. Yeah, but it, it does. It, again, it highlights this fact that she's just pulling at threads. She's trying to unravel a mystery and try to figure out what is going on. And there obviously is a mystery here, uh, but she's just like she's trying to get into it. Like she thinks she's being some wise ass trying to get him into a fencing match because he's going to he's going to show his cards and she's going to she's going to suddenly start to see. You can tell that she's trying to find herself as being a hero. Right. Like she wants she wants in on that world. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I you guys are are hitting the theories hard, um, but uh, let's let's keep going here. So <clears throat> we kind of get to the end of the episode here. Clint gets himself caught by the tracksuit mafia uh, to see, you know, as he says, how far up this thing goes. Uh, and right after poking some fun at the bros, Kate drops down in a not so elegant way. Uh, and <laughs> once they're both tied up, some you know dope ass music starts playing. We get the bass speaker pumping. Uh, we hear you know Christmas Island by Depeche Mode, which yeah I did download it, uh, and it's revealed uh, that leading these these Russian goons uh, is the far more capable Maya Lopez, also known as Echo. Uh, so, guys, this actually brings us to the end of the episode and our latest prediction segment for this watch club, which we're calling Hit Me With Your Best Shot. Uh, I want I want you guys to sort of hit me with your theories and predict, you know, what this reveal could mean for the series. And, and once all the arrows fly, we can assess throughout the series to see if you were truly on target. So with that said, you know, were we all expecting to see Echo this early? Uh, is she a friend? Is she a foe? And what do you think her presence really means for this series? Darcy, why don't you shoot first? Uh, before we get into predictions, I just wanted to address the fact that uh, like Hawkeye shares everything with his wife. And it seems like she like once she came back from the blip or whatever, he told her everything he did because she yeah. Was she knew everything he was saying with just a right. quick reference, basically. So I right. think you get that moment was, where she's like that. She calls out that Nat moment. She's yes, like, "Oh, that's exactly, exactly what and Nat that's exactly, would do, right?" And when you think Passion back to release. the Iron Man scene, yeah. where she's does she's in exactly the same position before Kate dropped in on Hawkeye. So like, yeah. he was getting out of there, but now he's got to get her out of there too. So like, he, like she keeps throwing these wrenches in his plan. Uh, his plans. Yeah. I just I love that and what it means going forward. Yeah, basically. she's a problem more than an assistant at this point, mm -hmm. right? Like she just so keeps, far? keeps adding to it. So she just started. Okay, mm -hmm. but anyways, I I think that like yeah, I, I I agree with Darcy. I think that it's it's very compelling to hear that 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 Clint has shared all of his dark and dirty past of the five year blip to to his wife, and you know not only that, there seems to be an existing relationship here in with Clint and the tracksuit mafia uh, yeah. at his at his time. And, and I think that, you know, going into some, kind of like a prediction side, and I know you, you were asking about Echo, I, I feel like whatever crime lords or, or syndicates that were around, I think Clint dealt with them. And maybe what we're seeing is the last remnants of what wasn't dealt with and maybe the breed mm. of, of something new. And mm. maybe introducing introducing Echo introduces a lot of theories that that D'Onofrio or Kingpin can come back, and and I think that that's that's the exciting part because of just what that means for other characters in and around him that that could show up. So, yeah, I'm I'm happy that they brought her in so early. I, I was yeah. thinking that she was going to be towards the end, but uh, yeah, we we have our. Our, our first look at her so it's gonna be dope. i hope it means we just get more of her you know yeah well mm -hmm. i think so yeah yeah oh i think there's definitely gonna be a connection with her uh with her past at least to hawkeye like she's definitely got personal stakes in wanting to bring him down whether it's from his ronin days or even from his shield days 
because I mean, Shield did some pretty dirty things, and he probably made some enemies even during that point. So, with his identity becoming more known by just the world over as his uh, for his role in the Avengers, I'm sure maybe people are going to be starting to put two and two together and coming down from him for from even further in his past. So, I right. definitely think there's a connection between him and uh, and uh, Maya Lopez or Echo. Yeah. Do you think Very though cool. that it's it has something to do with because it seems like. No one knows who the Ronin actually was, but again, that's that's yet to be revealed. But at least based on these first two episodes, it it seems like it's more the suit, it's the costume, it's the it's a look that is associated. When people recognize that, they're gonna, you know, it means trouble. So he that's why he's so desperate to try to conceal that suit, right? Then that's why I think the swordsman definitely knows if if he there's a connection between him and, and Barton, he probably recognized him through his sword work or hence sword why play, yeah. because he was. He was so fascinated on that sword, like that's Hence that why he, his... yeah, why he grabbed it. He's like a fanboy of of yeah. uh, the Ronin, or he know, or he knows him, something like that. Now, like, guys, guys, yeah. guys, Kevin's arm is getting tired here. <laughs> the quiver is shaking back and forth. Kevin, what theory do you want to shoot shoot right now? Oh well, it's it's less of a theory and more of I just wonder if we're not all going to be a little disappointed if we take mm-hmm. knowing that Maya Lopez has a strong connection with Kingpin. I wonder if we're going to be disappointed if we don't see him in this show and they're almost saving that relationship for the Echo show itself. So I just right. wonder if we, we shouldn't we shouldn't almost pull back on the reins a little bit so we can enjoy what's going on in case in case it doesn't happen. That's all. I, I, I think I think this does officially open that door, but I just wonder when we finally get to walk through it. I'm happy with just a name drop too. Yeah, if for I sure. Hear Kingpin or Fisk Industries Fisk, yeah, or whatever. Sure. Just give me that's it. Give me that little something to look forward to in her series. I agree with Darcy. Even if it was just a name drop or a hint, and that he was in the universe, that that's more than enough than ever seeing him. And you you might be right. That might be all we get. Well, I mean, listen, we got Daddy Daddy Clint Kevin over here just trying to. You know, hold us back. Say, you know what? Stay in the apartment. Don't go too crazy with your theories. Don't go looking for that just trouble. Just putting the band-aid on properly, guys. Just putting <laughs> the band-aid on properly. And it feels good. But listen, I do not care because I'm going to shoot my theory here. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I, I like you guys, I'm super stoked that the reveal was so early on. Uh, it's awesome to see that, you know, it's only six episodes, but, like, they are not holding back. So uh, it's going to be really cool to see more of her and, and to get a, a better sense of her character. Because, I, again, I think that's what these shows do so well is they bring to life some of these characters that a lot of people haven't heard of. And I know a ton of people, when that Echo reveal happened uh, on the, the Disney Plus day, a lot of people were like, I have no idea what the heck that even means. So to get a little bit of explanation here. But here's my theory I need to I just my my arms getting tired I got to shoot it here I think they're going to go a different direction with her I think that she is part she was she's hanging out with that Russian mob and I, I speculated on our last episode that maybe Yelena might have something to be connected to her with I'd love it if she used to be a Black Widow. I think that would I be a so. really cool way to reconstruct cool. her character and bring her in perfectly in time yeah. and just how it connects with Nat and how it connects with everything going on, it would just work. Yeah, that it would also work. would make sense with the reveal being in a red room. Right. Like that would oh also Oh my gosh. Let's go. I now I'm I'm on your team now. Well, no, so, both are so, very likely now. Well, I didn't very again, cool. I, I think I said in our Disney Plus day recap, I didn't know that 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 character was Echo. But when I saw it in the preview, I was like, oh, it's probably a widow yeah. that was hired to take out Barton. 
And like right. that's part of the story is that there's this widow and then maybe you want it. Yeah, like there, like something could happen. So I could see, like I would like that too. To be, to be honest with you, if there was some sort of tie to that, because again, like you said, you pull in this whole Nat's past relationship into into this narrative, which is it's very perfect. fitting. It's very that's fitting, yeah. absolutely. I like and that. I, again, the more I think about it, I'm realizing more connections now because Echo's whole thing is she has the photo reflex, uh, photo reflexes. Basically, she can do copy anything she sees, much oh. like the Taskmaster we saw oh. in Black <laughs> Widow. So if she was the original person who had this ability that they tried recreating in other people, or she's part of the on task, board. Pa- or she's part of the Taskmaster program. Yes, program. yeah, that's if that's how they connect it. Oh, I'm I'm now because, on board for that too. Because they they, they referenced they referenced origins. it in Black Widow as the Taskmaster program. I think Kevin, you yes. pointed yes. that out, and it's like Daddy, yeah, Daddy Clint Kevin is is getting quite worried for us right now. I see him. He's <laughs> he's, he's, he's freaking out. He's like, like reel it in. Too many arrows. Bring it. Reel it in. Well, personally, I just want to know. Now I'm I'm wondering if Justin is part of the Widow program. Our listeners can't see, but Justin is basked <laughs> in a glowing red, red, red light. Is he secretly trying to tell us something? I think he might be. I think he might be. Well, listen, Widows, uh, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's kind of wrap up this Watch Club here now that we've, we've shot all our theories here. Uh, I want to know, what are your overall thoughts and final score, uh, which for this episode, we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five LARPers of New York. Justin, let's start with you. Yeah, um, I think apart from some some pacing issues that I had with with just like the the fast slow fast slow sort of nature of the episode, where I don't know I was I was more interested I think as we were saying at the top like the interactions that we we got off the top of the episode with with Kate and Clint so good was so good and I, I wish the whole episode just played out that yeah. way. But that being said, it just felt a little off pace and certain scenes felt elongated to fill time. When they didn't need to be. When they yeah. didn't need to be. Yeah. So for that reason, I am going to go, it, it seems low, but it's not ridiculously low. 3.5 out of 5 New York LARPers. Is that it? Close enough. LARPers Close of New York. LARPers of New York. LARPers of New York. There, there you go. Justin. Yeah. I missed. I missed that target. It's okay. You missed the target. It's okay. Found it's all right. Happen. Darcy, let's hear from you next. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have the same page as Justin and Kevin, too. It seems like we all have the same uh, thoughts so far uh, that there was some pacing issues. Some scenes went on for a bit too long or didn't really serve a purpose or, you know, could have been done better. Uh, any number of things. And, I got excited for a lot of things just because I am a fan of the comics, but if you take that away, it was a very slow and chunky start, especially when you look at it with the first episode. It was my first time watching them back to back today, and it felt a bit long and tedious at some points over the both two. So I'm hoping it's more of a slow burn, and once it picks up, we'll we'll get like a... I I always reference a snowball effect, so I'm hoping that's what we're leading towards. Oh, the snowball, bro. Sort of a race to the finish, right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. so I'm hoping we get it evolves into that. Um, Episode three. uh, So yeah, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> yeah i'm uh so i'll be i'm on the same same score as justin 3.5 uh out of five larpers of new york pacing was a bit f- uh a bit of an issue that was basically all i could take away from that episode yeah. that's it yeah i think that's kind of the same sentiments kevin yeah let's hear it i think i'm i'm a bit higher than than a than a, than a uh, you know a 70 percent on the episode myself but i do think i thought they did such a great job in the first episode of balancing getting exposition out of the way with some really fun action scenes. And so I thought, mm-hmm. you know, with only six episodes in the series itself, we were going to hit the ground running in episode two. And, you know, you get that first scene where the, the tracksuit mafia comes to confront them. And I thought, here we go. And it just sort of happened and was over and we slowed down. And then it looked like things were going to pick up and it slowed down. So, again, 
I'm definitely on board with the idea that the pacing was just a little off for a second episode, the second half of what was essentially a two-part release here for, for most viewers. Uh, I, but I think they relied heavily on the introduction at the end of the episode to kind of be our main groundwork here. Um, right. But it, it, again, it just, it just fell a little flat. And I'm, I'm really thinking with only four episodes left to go, now we've got our presumably our big baddie revealed. We're, we're really going to get off firing here. Uh, with that said, I'm going to go a bit lower with 4.2 LARPers of New York out of five. All right. Well, I mean, Kevin, you you had mentioned in our our previous episode or our, our preview episode, actually, that you kind of felt as though this could have been better as a movie. And it felt like we kind of watched the beginning portions of a movie. Uh, and I, you know, I kind of feel the same way in the sense that this feels like that part of the movie where you're kind of like you're checking your watch. You're kind of like, you know, OK, mate, let's let's keep you should going. never let's check go. your watch um, during a movie. Just just for people <laughs> right. to know. Right. Yes. Don't do. Don't actually do that, especially if you have a, an Apple Watch and it glows. Right. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, you know, you feel that pace, right? You shouldn't feel that pace. And I think, yeah, it does hit the ground running and then just immediately hits that stopping point. I thought the LARPing, I actually thought it was kind of funny, you know, but again, yeah. it, you're right. It went on too long. The fencing scene was was too long as well. I think they could have gotten that point across quicker. Um, but, pun intended? Uh, point? Huh? Pun intended. <laughs> hey, okay, <laughs> there we go. Touche. Yeah. So they're not pointy swords. Listen, I, I held off from... On guard, Kevin. On guard. I held guard. off from saying that it misses the mark. And Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, Justin, you also said, like, you know, when Kate and, Kate and Clint are together, it's like peanut butter and chocolate. But when they're apart, it's just not as good. So, I think it soars when we see their interactions and then slows down outside of that. So, the episode just kind of stumbles to kind of get us to those two sort of big reveals at the end. Um and it, it's it's that's not the greatest way to tell your story is to just sort of be those shows that's like you're here for the ending pop. And trust me, I love Lost, so don't 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 at me on that. Um <laughs> but overall, I think this episode gives some great character building moments, um but because of the padding uh, I'm going to give it, yeah, a 3.5 Lapas of New York uh, out of five. Oh, as thanks, Justin man. Keeps, keeps saying. Lapas of New York. <laughs> yeah. Lapas of New York over here. Hey, I'm lying. Hey, I'm watching here. lost the entire yeah. New York market. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, that is it for uh, this second episode of our Watch Club for Marvel's Hawkeye. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Watch Club. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show and maybe hit us with your best shot on your thoughts or theories on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, uh, I'm going to shoot this arrow over to uh, to Justin, our infamous Ronin, uh, to let you know how you can reach us. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. They can also reach us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Yeah, if, you're, if your phone is as advanced as Kate Bishop's in this, in this episode where she can access like <laughs> literal live tracking of anyone based off their phone number. You can find she, us. <laughs> she threw on a tracking thing when she took, held onto his phone for far too long. Oh, is that yeah, what that was? Yes. Her, she works for a security company. She obviously has access Dang to those it. security apps and just boop, boop, boop. It's on his phone. There we go. Darcy, you're killing, you're killing it. You're killing it. Okay. Well, we're going to have to have you on for at least one more episode uh, in this Watch Club. I hope, you, I hope you'll join us. Oh, I'm, I, I'll come back for sure. I'm probably going to have far more theories to go talk about then. <laughs> There we go. Uh, keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our spoiler-filled review for Ghostbusters The Afterlife uh, and our spoiler-free review for Netflix's Cowboy Bebop and Masters of the Universe. 
Revelations Part 2. We also have our latest trailer drop for that second Spider-Man trailer that I'm sure you've all seen a million billion times. So go give those episodes a listen and leave a five-star review if you don't mind. Justin, Kevin, and Darcy, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say... Good boy! Pizza dog! Pizza dog! (laughs) 